Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hi, it's Charlene. On this episode, Lori is going to share a powerful teaching on facing the storms of life. I know it may feel like you can't face the circumstances coming against you, but with God, all things are possible. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I was reading through 1 Samuel recently and preparing a teaching on Hannah's prayer And somehow I ended up over an axe, which don't ask me how that happened, but I ended up over an axe and I was reading Acts 27 and 28. And I was so struck with the events that happened to Paul over an axe that I just wanted to um, share it with you and share the details of what happened and really ask you and challenge you to take a close look at some of the events of Paul's life and how they may parallel with things that you have gone through. I know that we have been in a season in our family where we're kind of stuck. There's a lot of things that are pending and decisions that need to be made and changes that have happened. And some are dependent on other things that have not yet happened, and some have already happened, and it's forced us into new areas and new places that are unfamiliar. And I know that we have just felt kind of stuck over the past few months and waiting on God and waiting to see God show us his direction and his plan for some of the questions that we have. And I know that those seasons where we feel stuck can be frustrating. And this morning, I read a message from a man that really broke my heart because he had given up. He not only gave up on his wife because he doesn't see a change happening in their marriage, but he has given up on God and he's angry at God angry that his answers to his prayers did not come in his time frame. He's angry that he doesn't see what he has been asking for. And he's done waiting and he has given up. And it broke my heart because I know that we will all go through those seasons where we're stuck, where we are waiting on God to show us the next move. We're waiting on God to bring about change. We're waiting on God for that healing. We're waiting on God for that job. We're waiting on God for that next paycheck. Whatever it is, we're all going to go through those seasons. But it's so important when we're in those seasons to remember that God is faithful. He is who he says he is. And I think Lisa Turker says it the best. She says, God loves us too much to answer our prayers at any other time than the right time. And I think that is such an important fact for us to remember when we feel like we're stuck. So let's take a look at Acts 27. And if you are in a position where you can grab your Bible and go through this with me, I'm going to read a lot of scripture 
I think you're going to want to take some notes. If you're in the car or exercising while you listen to this, then go back and listen to it again when you can really write some things down and look through these scriptures. But we're going to be in Acts 27 and Acts 28. So let me set the scene here. Paul was on his way to Rome after spending two years in prison. He had asked to go to Rome because he was Roman, and he felt like he would be given a fair chance by going to Rome. So he was setting sail for Rome with other prisoners on a large ship, and there were a couple of legs to this trip. So they would drop prisoners off along the way, And then the last part of the journey would be heading to Rome. Now, the last leg of this trip should have only taken one day. It was not a big distance, but they encountered a storm during this last part of the journey. And Paul had warned the sailors about this. In chapter 27, verse 10, Paul says, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. So Paul warned them. He knew what was ahead of them, and he was telling them, maybe we should wait, but they didn't listen. A little further down in chapter 27, in verse 18, it says, We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle box overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, the storm continued raging, and we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Have you ever been there where it seems like the darkness just happens and doesn't go away and that heaviness in your spirit won't lift and it seems like you've given up all hope? Verse 21 continues, after the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God whose I am and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. And so Paul's trying to share with them that God had told him that, yes, we're going to run aground on an island. We're going to have trials. We're going to have to withstand this, but we're not going to lose our life in the midst of this, even though the ship will be destroyed. And I think that's such an important statement. First of all, I think it's hilarious that Paul is saying to them, you should have listened to me. We're going through these difficulties because of another person's choices. Paul did not want to go on this journey, and he tried to warn them. And it's hard to face difficulties in life, especially when those difficulties are the direct result of another person's choices. Paul was there because of their actions. The sailors didn't listen to his advice when he warned them about the storm. We need to remember that everything that happens goes through the hand of God. 
sometimes those things that happen to us and the storms we face are because of the devil. And sometimes they're things that God has allowed. But either way, God has allowed those things to happen to us and they pass through his hand. And he can use it, whether it's sent by God or sent by the devil, God can use either scenario for his glory. In verse 21, Paul's saying, it didn't have to be this way. And how many times have you wanted to say to someone, it didn't have to be this way. Things could have been different. Paul understood that as hard as the storm was, and as hard as it was going to be to endure, because he was in the middle of God's will, that storm was the safest place for him to be. And so when you're facing a raging storm, I don't want you to get stuck there. Even though Paul's ship was destroyed, he was in God's will. God's purpose in Paul's life was going to be fulfilled, and that storm was not going to stop it. Paul didn't know why it was happening, but he knew who was in control. And so as you go through those storms and where you're feeling stuck, like you're on that ship being battered and you're not seeing daylight, you're not seeing the moon, you're not seeing the stars, you're facing darkness and overwhelmed because of what you're facing, I want you to remember who is in control. That ship that's being destroyed may represent your home or your job or your family. It may be destroyed and floating away, but I want you to hold on because God is able. He is able to bring about healing. He is able to turn that storm around. And as we read on and see what he did for Paul, he can do for you. So the men finally reach the shore. They run aground, as Paul said, and they land in Malta. And I can imagine that they were probably relieved when they finally felt dry land because they had spent weeks being tossed around and battered. In verse 33, Paul even urges them to eat. It says, just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. So they were so distraught over what they were facing that they had not even been eating. So I can imagine reaching Malta was a huge relief. Chapter 28 starts in verse 1. When safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. Okay, let's pause for a moment and just have some pity on Paul, because I feel like Paul's not catching a break at any point in life. He's arrested. He's spending time in jail. He goes through the shipwreck. He finally makes it on dry land, and here he is with lovely islanders that God has sent them who are showing them hospitality, building them a fire. And Paul gets up to try to help them. And he's bitten by a snake. And I'm sure that you can think of a time that you have been in that same situation. You have been through a storm. You have been through a battle in your family. And you finally reach dry land. And you feel like you can take a deep breath because it seems like that season is over with and a snake appears and tries to take you down again. Well, let's pick up in verse four and see what happens. 
It says, when the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire, and he suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds, and they said that he was a god. As soon as this snake bites Paul, the people are assuming that he's a bad person because he was being tormented. And I love what verse 5 says. Paul did not run around trying to convince the people that he was not a bad person. He did not spend the next few minutes rationalizing who he was and what his mission was and what God had called him to do. Verse 5 says that he shook the snake off into the fire. All he did was shake off the snake, and there was no ill effects from the snake. And I know that there's times when it feels like the enemy is won and that you've been defeated, and all we have to do is shake it off. Before it kills you, shake it off. When people are standing around and talking about you, shake it off. When your parents don't understand why you're praying for your wayward spouse, shake it off. When you lose the job that you love so much and that provides for your family, shake it off. When the divorce papers come in the mail, shake it off. There are people who wanted to stand by and watch the devastation that was going to happen to Paul after that snake bite. And there may be people in your life who are standing on the sidelines and watching you and your story and waiting to see the devastation that's going to come after the storm that you've been through. But instead, when you shake it off and when you point to God, they get to stand in amazement as they see what God does in your life. How can you be joyful? Why aren't you bitter? Because you shook it off and you're depending on God and God alone for your future. Paul knew that he was heading to Rome. He knew that God was with him. He knew that he was a conqueror because of God and because of what he was doing. And I want you to have that same faith today. Paul knew God was going to prove himself. So where is your Malta? Paul did not choose to land on Malta, but it was the place where he got stuck. And it was a land that was foreign to him. And it was a place that was unfamiliar and it wasn't where he was supposed to be. And right now you might be going through that same situation in your life. And you might be in a season of life where you are saying, God, this isn't where I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be married and have kids by now. And instead I'm praying for my spouse and I don't have any children. Or you might be saying, God, I was supposed to have my marriage restored by now. Or God, I was supposed to have this other job. Or God, I was supposed to fill in the blank. But right now you might be in Malta and it is right where God wants you so that he can do a work in your life that can only happen when you're in Malta. I don't read anywhere in Acts where Paul was trying and begging and pleading and working and conspiring to leave that island. I see where Paul was obedient to where God had him and where he was allowing God to use him. 
And that's where you're going to get joy. And that's where you're going to get peace is when you allow God to use you in the season and in the place where he has you. And right now, that place might be separation and divorce. That place might be a different church than you've been in before. That place might be a new job or that place might be a different home. So many of you have had to leave the home that you've been in with your family. But God can use that situation for his glory and fulfill what he's called you to do through this. God gave Paul opportunities when he was in Malta. When you stand up under the trials and you have perseverance, God will give you opportunities. Ask God to use you in this season. Malta needed Paul. There was a purpose. As the story continues... The chief official on the island had a father who was very ill, and Paul was able to go see this man and pray over him and see him be healed. God was using Paul, and he will use you. Are you willing to be used, or are you too busy complaining that God allowed you to go through a shipwreck? Are you willing to be used, or are you too busy complaining that a snake bit you? Are you willing to be used? Are you too busy complaining that you're in Malta and not the place you want to be? We don't always get to see the reason that things are happening when we're going through them. But be open and ask God to use you in the midst of this season. God may not have caused this, but he can certainly use it. And he will supply what you need in the middle of this season. For two years after Paul reached Rome, he was able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what his goal was. And what you're going through right now may not be about you. In our family, we are in a season where we have graduated three of our four kids from high school and we have dropped them off at college and we are in a new season. And it is amazing to me to look back And see the victories that we've had through the 18 and 20 years that we have had those kids. And the way God has used things that my parents went through to save our family and our kids from situations that they would face. And what you're going through is not just for you for today. What you're going through is for generations to come. And I don't want you to ever lose sight of that. The decisions that my parents made on their most selfish days impacted generations. And the decisions my parents made on their most surrendered days impacted generations. I know for our family alone, my husband and I went into our marriage saying divorce was not an option because of what my parents had been through. And we are celebrating 24 years of marriage together And God has used my parents' story to impact our marriage and to help us find a way through the hard things on the days that are hard. And our prayer is that the stories and the way we have shown our children what their grandparents went through will impact their marriages. So when they hit those rough patches in their marriages, that they will not be willing to give up. They will not be willing to look to another person. Instead, they will stay focused on their spouse and focused on God and what he can do. So I don't want you to get weary in the middle of the shipwreck that you might be facing, or if you've made it through the shipwreck and you're on that island in Malta and you're 
unfamiliar and you're unknown and you're feeling overwhelmed because you don't know what is next and how God's going to use this, I want you to trust that he can use it. Here is what I know. I know that God loves you and he is for you. And he loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you on the cross. And even if you were the only person to walk the face of this earth, he would have made that same exact decision. That is how important you are to him. And so on those days that the enemy tries to trick you into believing that God doesn't care about you and that he doesn't care about what's happening to your family, I want you to remember that, that he does care and he sees you and you be willing to let God use you in those unfamiliar places and wait for his glory to be revealed because it will be revealed. So don't get stuck on the shipwreck and don't get stuck on that island, but keep pressing on and looking towards your savior. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified when a new episode is released. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you found it beneficial, will you submit a review so it will help our rankings and other people will be able to find it? If you want to reach out to us, you can do so from our website, again, www.rejoiceministries.org. Write us and tell us how you enjoyed this podcast. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org. And help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.